Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the In The Scope Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. We'll bring you down. We've got to stop and look around. Look around. Look Y'all know the vibes. Y'all know what time it is. It is the In The Scope podcast with your boy Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media. You can check out all of the exclusive time content from War Media at weareregalradio.com or at our new Substack, warmedia.substack.com. You can also check out my personal social media on Instagram and Twitter at Josh M. Hicks Media. And I know it's been a while. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. I haven't been able to do much of my podcasting as of late, but you know, we're back on it. And I, I thought, who, why, why not do a special episode with the one that is a mentor of mine that's helped me get to where I'm at today in this industry and in this world. And not to mention someone that, you know how I feel about him. He don't get much, as much respect as he deserves in, in, in this game, but he is the real deal. He is the one and only Brandon Scoopy Robinson of Bali Sports. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me as always, brother. I appreciate you. Man, you know, you know how it is. Anytime, man, anytime. And I know, you know, you're doing your new thing with Bali and for not your different shows. You in the studio now. I'm like, man, it's a whole different school, bro. <laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, it takes me kind of back to um, my foundations in radio uh, with the Nets as a kid, but also um, you know, different touches of things that I've done along the way, um, Arise TV, uh, where I was doing, you know, a- analyst work, talking about a, a wide range of uh, different sports topics, um, takes me back to my time at MSNBC, uh, both as an intern and then later coming in as, a, as, an, as an expert uh, over there and some of the other places I went. So it's kind of just more long form and full time and a lot of good stuff coming uh, between now and, and basketball season uh, on camera. So be looking out for that at ballysports.com uh, as well as my writing. So just got off the phone with my producer. We got some heat coming uh, between now and uh, the regular NBA season and training camp. Sounds good, man. You know I'm gonna be all tuned in, and I know our audience will be as well. And we got a lot of we got a lot of different things to talk about, especially when you talk about things you're doing along the way. There's some things you're doing with your sponsors that you have that's quite quite interesting that we're gonna tap into. Yes, sir. But, but for now, though. We got to start off with all the heat that's been taking place with this NBA free agency, man. This offseason period has been crazy. All types of trades taking place. I have never seen so many signing trades in one offseason in my life. But this year, it's a lot of player movement. And one of them, for sure, I got to start with is the hometown Chicago Bulls, man. They finally were able to bring in Lonzo Ball. 
They brought in Alice Caruso from the Lakers. They brought in DeMar DeRozan from San Antonio, amongst other players like Tony Reserves, like bringing, bringing back um, Green, as well as Tony Brad and bringing in Tony Bradley. I mean, when I say the Bulls revamped this roster, they meant it. They, they really revamped this roster. And now, to me personally, this, this current roster construction to prepare with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, I think this should be middle-tier playoff team. I'm talking four, five, maybe six seed at the, at the lowest if they really exceed to that expectation. Am I crazy? And Chicago fans crazy, school for having that type of expectation for this team heading into this season. No, I mean, on paper, I think they're definitely a top six to seven team. Um, you know, I hope top six so you're avoiding playing tournament because to me, that's like being an eighth seed, um, in my opinion. Um, but I, I think when you look at the Chicago Bulls, number one, bringing in Lonzo Ball, uh, a guy that almost became a Chicago Bull at the trading deadline. Uh, if you paid attention to my reporting back in January uh, on, the, on inauguration day, uh, I had, you know, shared that there were a bunch of teams lined up, including the Orlando Magic, the Clippers, uh, and some other teams that were interested in Lonzo. And um, later in, in the month, uh, January going into February, I shared that, you know, the Bulls are not only a team interested, but that a team that Lonzo Ball uh, wanted to join. And, uh, you know, ultimately it happened. Um, I can tell you that the Bulls were smart uh, because they did not, they pretty much took a page out of the New York Knicks' book. And by that, I mean, um, you know, many people in New York, uh, their logic was, well, why trade for him now? Keep the team the way it is. And then in the offseason, revisit this and, you know, sign them to, you know, a, a 20 to 21 million per year deal. Um, and the Knicks, took, or rather the Bulls took a page out of that book because they didn't have to give up Kobe White. And from what I'm told, that was one of the deciding factors. Kobe is a fan favorite. Kobe likes it in Chicago. Uh, me spending time with uh, Kobe, as well as Zach Levine and the Bulls. Uh, online and offline, I can tell you that um, he is, and Ryan Archidiakono as well uh, are, are a close-knit group of guys. And uh, to see him in the fold still, uh, adding, you know, Alex Caruso is, is the icing on the on top. And what we didn't talk about was DeMar DeRozan. Um, that portion of it, I think, takes added pressure off of Zach Levine, who, you know, I'm told, um, you know, going into or the last couple of seasons, he was monitoring what the Bulls were going to do. And if they did what they were supposed to do, he'd stay. So I think where we are right now with the Bulls is they've got a good product on the floor. Uh, and, and so do the Washington Wizards. I think that those two teams mirror each other so much as it relates to offseason moves and trying to make their star happy in Levine and then on the other side in Washington with Bradley Beal. So um, I like what the Bulls did. I really like what Caruso uh, brings to the Bulls, particularly uh, shooting from downtown 40% last year. Uh, and, you know, his, his uh, ability to play defense uh, is unmatched. Uh, and so is Lonzo Balls. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Lonzo Ball averaged 1.3 uh, steals per game uh, for the Pelicans last season. Um, and, I, and I think that when I look at this Bulls team, they definitely racked up defensively. DeRozan has averaged, I think, 20 points per game the last seven or eight years. I think he averaged about 21 points per game last season. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely like um, the Bulls acquisitions. Um, going into the offseason, uh, give or take, if they didn't uh, uh, opt in with Thaddeus Young, they would have about $24 million in cap space. If they opted in, it would be $16 million. 
Um, and I know they had a player option for Ryan Archie Diacono, um, a Bulls player option of their choice, rather. And, um, you know, they were able to preserve a lot because they got the sign and trade done. Thaddeus Young does uh, fly the coop um, in the deal with DeMar DeRozan. And, um, you know, I, I think they've upgraded. Larry Markkinen is an interesting case. Uh, I know the Spurs had interest. I know uh, that the Charlotte Hornets uh, had interest as well. Um, but the Bulls are, are I don't want to say Larry's in a, in a, um, in a uh, Dennis Schroeder type situation. But I do think that um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm personally, Larry Marketing can leave. I'm cool with him, you know, leaving the team if all those fails. Um, but at the same time, though, I think the overlapping message for me that really makes this exciting for Bulls fans is the fact that these players were willing to come here. Like, they wanted to actually come to Chicago. And hearing about the DeRozan story about how Mark Eversley went to work and flew to Los Angeles to meet with him personally for a couple hours and, spe- and pretty much sealed the deal with him with the Clippers on the way and they ride down the street supposedly like for that for that that type of effort and I think about even from the beginning how Billy Donovan got on board how Arturis Pernicevis took that flight to Florida to meet with Billy and convince him to come the day after he he got fired um like I just feel like those type of moves really helped seal the deal as far as other players and free agents that are top tier free agents for the most part having their willingness to come to the city of Chicago. That's a great feeling to have, because we have not had that in a very long time. Them frequent flyer miles are at an all-time high, and uh, they worked it to perfection, and they did what they needed to do. Bottom line, and as my late grandmother would say, top line too. Amen to that, for sure, for sure. And aside from the Bulls, though, I think there was some other key um, – options as far as teams and what they did to bolster their roster for me also I think Miami did a heck of a job in bringing Kyle Lowry and PJ to where <laughs> Kyle Lowry to where <laughs> of course you of course you're one of the first people to report that folks um well, school's been reporting this stuff from the big from the beginning especially like you mentioned with Lonzo Ball um, he's one of the first people to, to report about Kyle Lowry, you know, having Miami as a destination and him going there uh, this offseason. And shoot, it happened, obviously. And for the for the Heat to resign Jimmy Butler, as well as resign um, Duncan Robinson. And then you bring in P.J. Tucker, Marquise Morris. I feel like you're going back to the Miamis of old with the toughness and the Pat Riley Miami that he that, that he really you know, thrives for. And if, and to me, this is like Pat Riley really going out with a bang. Like if this is going to be his last hoorah, he's going to give a last hoorah. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Jay say? This here's the victory lap and I'm leaving. This is how you bring me back. Yep. After year 16, it's 1.2. I'm doing 2.4. So I'm only doing two. There you go. I think at the end of the day, uh, Kyle Lowry kind of got a preview of Florida Sun, different part of Florida, uh, playing his last season in Tampa uh, with the uh, Toronto Raptors being in Tampa. But, you know, ultimately, I I think as it relates to the Heat, um, not only did they re-sign Kyle Lowry, but then in addition to that, Jimmy Butler signs a four-year extension. You can never go wrong with having a point guard in Kyle Lowry um, and uh, a big man and Bam Adebayo to start things out. 
and a shooter in Duncan Robinson. Um, and last I checked, Robinson's win. So uh, when it's all said and done, um, I think they're in a good situation in Miami. I like it. And um, yeah, I, I think they're definitely a team that's going to flourish. And, you know, who would have thunk it? Like, I, I really look at this situation this season with um, the Miami Heat. Um, and, and you wonder in the first round, had they had the roster that they that they put together this offseason, would Milwaukee still have won it? So, you know, it's interesting. It's a lot to sit and dissect, but Miami got better. The Wizards got better. The Chicago Bulls got better. I want to tap into the Wizards component, especially since, you know, they did that big trade, uh, trading Russell Westbrook back, back to his hometown team, hometown team in L.A., and then you bring in Spencer Dinwiddie uh, to be your point guard to pair right next to Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned, I'm glad you said the Wizards as a winning team that won this offseason all season just because they got decent pieces back at Montrezl Hill and, Hill and, Kyle, and Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, you get you do bring in another point guard and Spencer Dinwiddie who who can ball. He's, he ain't no scrub. The, the, the dude can ball. And putting him, putting him next to Bradley Beal. Is this, do you think this is enough to keep Bradley Beal happy in Washington? I mean, I understand the loyalty component. Him trying to stay, he loves the D.C. area from what I've been told. Um, he wants to be one of those loyal guys of the franchise, but he also wants to win. And at this point, with the way the East is going and bolstering, I don't know if he's going he's to have that chance to really win the way that he wants to. Is that going to be enough for him to really keep himself in Washington past this year? A St. Louis native uh, has played for the Bulls, or excuse me, played for the Wizards, not the Bulls, the Wizards for some time. That team is his team um, in a world where not only were uh, people contemplating uh, that he would want out and, you know, there were conversations there, he stuck it out and you got to kind of give him respect for, for sticking out that process. But I'll add this. Um, when I look at Bradley Beal, um, I think he's, I think uh, Kyle Kuzma coming to Washington, he has something to prove. And um, I'll also add this. I don't know if you know, uh, the Warriors did make it official. They signed uh, Steph Curry to a two-year, um, signed him to a, to a contract extension um, for the immediate future. So um, there's that. And we didn't talk about the Western Conference yet. Um, but as it relates to uh, Bradley Beal, um, I think that um, he's in a position to win. They brought in a new coach. Um, that like that's familiar with the um, the landscape of the Wizards. His dad, Wes Unsell Sr., being uh, part of that organization for a long time. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely think that um, Bradley Bill has a chance to stay, and I don't think that they're done dealing. Really? You don't, so you don't think what, – what other moves could the Wizards potentially do then? Nothing right now, but what I'm saying is I think in the next year or so, they've kept they, – he's settled. So because he's settled – there's a chance they can get him to stay. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see about that. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Bali Insights, Bali, Bali Sports Inside, NBA Insider, Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Uh, Scoop, um, let's slowly but surely transition to the Western Conference and start off with, you know, the, the LA, the City of Angels, because there's a lot to talk about in the City of Angels when you talk about the Clippers as well as the Lakers. Um, we just got done talking about the Wizards and how they traded Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers to pair with um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James and create the, the next big three 
And the Lakers were able to make some interesting moves with the cap space that they have. Because, you know, the big three, obviously making all 30 mil each at least. And then you're able to bring in a bunch of quality talent, veteran for players for the vet, veterans for the most part with on veteran minimum contracts like, you know, Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk, uh, bringing back Taylor Horton Tucker and bringing in Kendrick Nunn and a bunch, a bunch of other guys, Dwight Howard coming back to the Lakers. Like for them to, for them to bring back that quality talent, I, you got to give Rob Polinka his, 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 his props for that. At the same time though, does it, it do, does this really make them the automatic favorites, especially when you talk about the fact that this is a team that is on average 32 years of age, which is one of the oldest in the league. And you have at least, yeah, eight guys on that roster that's over 32 years old in general. So is this how they're gonna make do you think this all this can work? And if so, is it enough to get LeBron the ship, the fifth ship that he's the soap that he's really yearning and desiring for? Um, they have a shot. Uh, I think that um I think ultimately, can we pause it for a second? Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Bali Sports NBA Insider, Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Scoop, man, let's go, let's go, let's transition to the Western Conference because of the fact that we just got done talking about the Washington Wizards and how they traded Russell Westbrook to his hometown in LA. And obviously the city of City of Angels is always buzzing when you got celebrities and top-tier superstars in, in, in your town. Um, but more specifically with the Lakers, you know, you have a big three now with LeBron. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, and they signed a lot of of players that fit the within the small salary cap space that they have. But they were quality talents. We talk about Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn bringing back Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Dwight Howard, um, Carmelo Anthony, amongst others. And they've been able to make all this talent work within the cap space. And I got to give Rob Plink a lot of credit for that because that is very tough to do considering you have three max players on your team. But do you think this can work? Um, the average age, I believe, is 32 years old for this team. You have at least eight players that are above 32, 33. Is this something that can work with, Le that LeBron James can work with to a point where you're talking about championship level uh, competition? Is, is that something that's realistic for this Lakers team? Yeah, and I think I'll add this. I think Taylor Horton Tucker has the potential to be what they thought Kyle Kuzma was going to be uh, as the young third piece next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, and you saw spurts of it during the regular season where Taylor uh, did what he needed to do, particularly when LeBron was out or Kuzma was out. Um, early in the season, like wintertime, I remember. Um, so when I look at that situation with the Lakers overall, um, I like it. It's, they got to put it together. Most of these guys that came in are used to being the star or the guy. And I think it actually takes pressure off of them. I, I think, you know, when you look at number one, Dwight Howard, um, last offseason, the Lakers um, and Howard were not on the same page. And all Dwight really wanted was a little bit more money. 
and he also wanted to close games. And you know, I know that he and Frank Volk had their issues in that regard, particularly in the playoffs against Houston, where they didn't really need him as a big at that point. You know, that's when they had Harden and Russell Westbrook and others. But so they got to clean that up. But then I also look at um, the situation uh, with LeBron and AD. I think they've put a lot of mileage on going before the bubble to the bubble to now. And I think that moving forward, you, you got to move gingerly just because you have a Mustang doesn't mean you have to run it at 120 on the highway on the Dan Ryan. So, you know, when I, when I look at that situation uh, in, in LA, uh, I think that uh, it, it adds value. And I think Dennis Schroeder actually did them a favor. Um, I think that it's funny because I look at Dennis Schroeder and I look at Rajon Rondo and I thought Schroeder would be their version of Rondo. Um, a younger version of Rondo. And um, I think that Rondo raised his value and was able to go to Atlanta and transition into that coaching role that he wants. And ultimately he went to the Clippers. He stayed in LA uh, because he's ultimately traded to Atlanta. And so when I look at that situation with uh, Schroeder, he did them a favor. Um, I also think that Mello finally gets the chance to team with LeBron, which was supposed to happen two years ago. And, um, you know, you look at the situation with Russell, uh, he gets a chance to put one thing to his resume that he doesn't have a championship. And, uh, you know, it's not like these guys are 32 and out of shape. Like they've played, they were, they were key contributors to their respective teams this past season. Russell Westbrook got the triple double record, uh, Carmelo Anthony more than proved that he was worthy to play in the NBA for two seasons, playing for uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, and Trevor Ariza uh, is in a better situation in Los Angeles than he is in Miami. And, um, you know, that was a team, that Lakers team was a team he was considering, uh, as you saw me reporting this season, you know, when he was a free agent. So now he comes back to LA where he won a championship with Kobe Bryant, his hometown of Los Angeles. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of sorting everything out. I just think that Dwight Howard is a better fit defensively in comparison to Montrez uh, and Andre Drummond. And I feel like the Lakers had to go back and fix some mistakes uh, as well as the players in, in their situation. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that um, they have a super team. They have a big four and um, we'll see what happens. What about the team that's across the street in, 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 the, in the L.A. Clippers? I know they've, you know, they've recently made some decent moves as of today. They're obviously going to be resigning Kawhi. Um, they brought in, they're bringing in Justice Winslow, which I think is a good, which is, you know, ideal fit for them. Um, they brought back Nicholas Batum. They brought back Reggie Jackson. They're pretty much running it back with a couple, with a couple additions. Uh, does this Clippers team need, what more can the Clippers do to get themselves back to where they were last year, even in a better rate than last year? because well, It's going to depend on Kawhi's health um, and if he comes back this season. And I think that's why Kawhi returning to the Clippers makes so much sense because there's, I think the only other team that will kind of be patient with him in his return, if not the Clippers, would be the Knicks or the Nuggets. Um, and the Clippers know his situation, are familiar with his charts, his health, 
and, you know, can pick up where they left off at in the playoffs, particularly with how well Paul George played um, and, and other pieces and under Ty Lue. So, yeah, I, I think that the, I think the Clippers who are in the same building um, at Staples with the Lakers, um, they, they're, I mean, they, they're competitive. Like I was impressed with them in the playoffs uh, this season. So I, I think that, I think they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be, top 18 they're going to be in the pack um i'm interested to see what happens with denver and utah those are kind of one of those quiet teams that, that sneak up on you like that fifth or fourth cup of wine um and i think that um you know i think they'll definitely be in the conversation in the west like i, I take nothing away from them it's interesting you brought up uh denver and utah because denver last year just wasn't the team that they needed to be um with jamal murray being out because of his acl injury and then Utah going out the way that they did in that in that uh in that playoff against the Sun. No, no, Denver played the Suns. I forgot who Utah played against specifically. Oh, the Clippers. Um, how they went out the way that they did, and they made some interesting moves as well. Um, um, some small moves here and there to bolster up their roster. So, do you see teams like the Phoenix Suns, who were a number two team last uh this uh, well number one team? That no number two, but went to the finals, um, and they brought back Chris Paul. Um, they got Javale McGee, um, a couple other pieces to help bolster that roster. Do you see the Sun teams like the Suns and the Nuggets, and even the Utah Jazz who weren't who we normally don't talk about on a daily basis, the jump the ladder again and surprise a lot of teams to being those top four teams and eventually potentially making a finals run. Yeah, I think that this season, for example, you saw small team markets rise to the occasion. So I, I think, um, you know, while we pay attention to the Lakers, we pay attention to the Clippers. I think we still have to pay respects to the Suns, the Nuggets, the Jazz. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Portland with Damian Lillard and where that team goes in the future. Um, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, because they, they got – uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, the, ex the extension, which I think he's deserving of it. I'm so glad that he has his own team because I think he would have got lost in the sauce with the Clippers. Um, but I, I think ultimately it'll be interesting to see where the Thunder land, where the Blazers land uh, in that whole fray. Um, and I, I'm not ready to write off Utah or, or, or Phoenix because, um, you know, many people wrote off Milwaukee this season because of their, their, loss in the playoffs to the heat last year and the heat ultimately going to the finals in the bubble. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but Josh, I'll be honest with you. It's still so very early. Makes sense. Def definitely makes sense. Um, everybody listening right now, you're listening to Brandon Scooby Robinson. Uh, Scoop, I want to transition to more of not necessarily the free agent component of it, but more off season buzz has been taking place. More specifically, mm -hmm. we talk about potential trade rumors. We talk about the Damian Lillard situation mm -hmm. um, and the Ben Simmons situation you've been reporting on. Um, if you can, give us an update of what you've heard around the league as far as what's really going behind the scenes with those, those two specific situations. We heard from uh, someone that we respect and know, uh, Chris, Chris Haynes. He's been reporting on Damian Lillard, saying that he, he's staying as of right now, but there still is you know, skepticism as far as how he will move forward with that team and, how, and what you've been recently reporting with Ben Simmons and how pretty much he's, he's trying to get out of there. 
It's going to uh, go to and go to state is one of those teams he's been that Philly's been discussing things with. Like, what's an update status on potentially those two situations, and where do you actually think it can go? Well, the Blazers situation with Damian Lillard in my mind, I feel as though um, they hold the cards, similarly to the Sixers with Ben Simmons. Uh, and I'll say that as it relates to the Blazers first, um, they didn't improve with splashes in the offseason. They did lose Carmelo Anthony. They did lose Zach Collins. But they still do have their core of, uh, you know, Lillard and, and C.J. McCollum. Uh, but I think that Damian Lillard is, is kind of in a similar situation that LeBron was in in his first stint uh, with the Cavaliers. Um, nobody wanted to come to Cleveland. And his return to Cleveland, he made Cleveland cool. And that was after winning two championships in Miami with the Heat. And, uh, you know, he helped the team of, of, of Cle- or the city of Cleveland win a championship in 2016, so he owes them nothing. The Blazers situation is different in that I've never been to Portland, but I've been to Cleveland, uh, and I know that Cleveland's coming attraction, another small market city, is the Browns and the Cavs and LeBron, and wherever LeBron comes to visit for whatever team he's on. I think for Lillard, they love him, and I think that uh, he has mutual respect there. Um, but I think also as it relates to um, Lillard's situation in Portland, he needs um, help. And I think even if you were to make a small move hypothetically where you moved CJ McCollum hypothetically, um, I feel like the only way that that would benefit uh, Lillard is if you were able to find a way to get Ben Simmons to Portland. Um, they hired a new coach in, in uh, Chauncey Billups. Um, but, you know, I think this offseason they, they did resign Norman Powell. Um, but he needs more help than just that. And I feel like Damian Lillard is a top 10 point guard in, or top 10 player period in this league. Um, and when you have a top 10 player that had, that wants to win a championship and be successful, you got to surround him with such things. And so if you're looking at trades as an option, if he wants out, um, you've asked me, I think off the bat, um, teams like the Boston Celtics, teams like the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and New York Knicks makes sense. Um, but you'd have to potentially formulate moves uh, that benefit those teams, which means uh, that the Sixers, who have had constant conversations with the Golden State Warriors, uh, as well as the Toronto Raptors, as well as uh, the Miami Heat, as well as the Denver Nuggets, and a multitude of other teams, they would have to construct, particularly uh, with what you saw with Washington and a team, a, a, a trade that ultimately the Russell Westbrook move included the Wizards as well as um, the Nets and some other teams, you'd have to add other teams uh, to a potential move. So hypothetically speaking, if the Sixers were looking to trade Ben Simmons somewhere, uh, you, you might have to include um, Ben Simmons uh, and a move with the Warriors, as well as the Blazers, where you potentially give the Warriors what they want, which is Ben Simmons. Um, and then you move uh, Damian Lillard to the Sixers. But in order to make that happen, you would have to include a third team. So I know that in, in Toronto right now, Pascal Siakam, what's, what's the future, particularly in the draft and what they've been doing? I know that Pascal Siakam has been discussed with a, a few teams. You probably have to include him in a move. If you're Golden State, you would probably have to move Moody in that trade. You probably have to move James Wiseman in a trade. And I think that ultimately, uh, when it's all said and done, um, again, the Blazers don't have to move Lillard. The Sixers don't have to move Ben Simmons. 
But these are kind of the things that GMs and presidents are discussing at this time of the year, heading into training camp. You saw it with James Harden in Houston, uh, where Houston was talking to Philadelphia. They were also talking to Brooklyn. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, and um, we'll see what happens. What about Buddy Heald, per se? Because Buddy Heald, he's been kind of upset for the Kings for the longest. He finally got them the nudge and gave them the money that he was, he was you know, deserving of. But now he's like, you know, I got my money, but I'm not winning. I'm open to moving. And he was supposed to be reportedly going, supposed to be part of that Lakers trade before they switched over and went to Russell Westbrook. Buddy Hill is still available. And I believe I saw you something you post on Twitter recently regarding something that has to do with the Pelicans in that, in, in, in that race as well. Can you, can you elaborate more on what, you're, what you've been reporting on regarding the, uh, the Buddy Hill situation? Yeah, essentially, you look at the Pelicans and the, the, the deal that they did with Memphis right before the, before the draft, um, they want to potentially expand that deal before it becomes official. Um, basically, that's kind of why you saw the Grayson Allen move earlier today. Um, so ultimately, there's a situation where, and I tweeted it earlier, I've been on and off doing press all day, but in my tweet, um, I said, da 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 I said, keep an eye out. Pelicans could try hard to expand the Memphis deal before it becomes official. Buddy Hill is a name that I've heard. You talked about Buddy Hill. The Lakers have wanted him, and particularly there was discussion uh, during free agency. The Sixers over the last couple of years have salivated over uh, the possibility of Buddy Hill. Uh, and I know that Sacramento and Philadelphia have had conversation um, as our own Landon Buford uh, tweeted the other day. Uh, about a, a couple of weeks ago. I know that the Sacramento Kings did have a conversation with the Sixers involving Darren Fox or um, uh, uh, Darren Fox or Buddy Hill. And ultimately when it was all said and done, um, you know, they, did, they didn't agree on anything. They could revisit it just like the Warriors and the Sixers revisited that situation. So there's a lot of fluid conversations that are, a lot of teams are having, but as it relates to, um, that particular move with the Pelicans, it would be a great touch because I think that they're missing a, a, a scoring guard, um, not a scoring small forward because that's what uh, Brandon Ingram is and he's good at his job, but a complimentary two guard in the same way that the Bulls have a complimentary two guard to Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I think that they could utilize Buddy Hill in that same regard. It would be a return uh, to New Orleans. I know that before uh, Vlade Divac, uh, gave Buddy Hill that extension. I know that he was very frustrated. And I know that when Vlade ended up leaving, I know Buddy Hill was disappointed as well. They developed the bond. And it, it seems like a lot of people went out of Sacramento for whatever reason. Marvin Bagley's name has been floated around a lot also. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams move forward. Three-team, four-team deal. We'll see how that works. It, can you – okay, for me then – do you think there will be any more major splashes that we're going to potentially, you know, get ourselves into? Because before we even started this recording, there was a splash about Kevin Durant signing his Mac, his extension with the Brooklyn Nets for a full four years, $198 million to go along with the Steph Curry's, um, the Julius Randles of the New York Knicks and his extension. Um you know, Trey Young got his extension. Luka Doncic got his extension. You, so everyone, all these stars are getting locked up. 
And Kevin Durant kind of hurts because, you know, for me personally, just because he's building uh, such a good bond with Zach Levine and he's raved about, you know, the Bulls and what they're doing over there. You get, you may give a little bit of a hint that, you know, what he might actually want to consider coming to Chicago now that he's seen what's been going on and they've been bonding over at Team USA. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from Kevin Durant, you know, went, you know, signing his extension and everything, do, we, do you think we could potentially see some major deals of superstars really solidifying um, what their futures are going to be moving forward? I think the only thing that you're going to see is a potential, I think, Ben Simmons or, or Damian Lillard. I think that's, that's um, what many are waiting for. And um, I think we're waiting and um, we'll see. That's all I have for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Scoop B, the one and only Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Man, Scoop has been, a, like you said, we talked, it's been a heck of an offseason that's been going place. I know you're continuing to do the reporting that you're doing constantly on the phone and making sure you're getting the right information uh, possible. At the same time, though, we are still actually in Olympic season. Um, the Olympics are taking place and to, for, to cover for last for last year's uh, you know scheduling with COVID. And now you have both the women's and the men's teams and the medal games, gold medal game that's being played tonight. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, even with everything going on, especially we talk about the men's side with, you know, flights being delayed and false COVID tests and, you know, players leaving the finals just to hop on a flight the next couple of days and fly over to Tokyo to be part of everything. And, not to, and not to mention as well, Team USA has been winning no, they haven't been winning any exhi- exhibition games like that, trying to figure out this new offensive system with Popovich and and things of that sort. And now they go to Tokyo in the in the gold medal game. Like what talk about how much of a transition has really been with Team USA and how much of an impact really has been. Um, not just for women, but for men specifically with all the ups and downs that, that they've seen. What does this really speak volume-wise for Team USA as a whole? is good but i also think that ultimately um some of these other teams have had uh two weeks two months or a month uh, to gel you know that that loss to france came you know pretty rather quickly after the finals uh and um also uh once uh guys got out of their respective playoff series or what have you rehab what have you so I think that the, the players in the USA uh, team have found time to gel and, you know, they're making a, making it right. I, I, I honestly like the fact that they just didn't have a comfortable ride and they faced some adversity um, because now they're able to kind of uh, potentially win a goal tonight and uh, put this thing to bed. Should we be worried as far as potential recruitments that's taken place in, Olymp- in, in the Olympics? Because, at least for Bulls fans, even though we love Zach Levine, we want him to stay. Um, he does have one year left on his contract. Could get an extension later on before the season starts, but if not, he's going to go for the max contract next year and next offseason, which he does deserve. He has been bonding and showing positive signs with the star that he's playing that he's playing with, and he's finally got a chance to know what it's like to play with top-tier talent. You know, do you think, you know, people like building relationships like that could potentially lure into these stars moving. There's been reported that Damian Lillard and Draymond Green have a great bond. And Damian Lillard may want to have, want to bring Draymond to Portland. 
you know, like, have you heard any of those type of things or do you think anything could potentially take place? So, you know, my previous employer, uh, Heavy.com, I had this show called Heavy Live with Scoop B. And um, I had Michael Red on uh, on the show and we talked about uh, playing on Team USA with Kobe and how, and LeBron and how close he was to signing uh, with the Cavs at some point. And um, he shared that the connection being from Ohio, just like LeBron and knowing and watching his game for a long time uh, played a part in their decision. And uh, ultimately, I think when it's all said and done, um, guys are going to have conversations. They're going to build natural friendships. It's like being in college and living in dorms. You can't help who you meet. And I think as it relates to, um, as it relates to that, the bubble was the same recruiting tactic as well. Why do you think that, um, why do you think that Victor Oladipo ultimately found his way to Miami? That's where he wanted to go from the jump. He just got hurt in Houston. So, I mean, guys were in the same hotels, same pools, this, that, and the third. So, I mean, all of that just comes with the territory. So, no, not, I, I think, um, you know, the, the Miami Heat team in 2010 was built off of recruiting between Wade, Bosch, and Moore. So, um, none of that really surprises me, Josh. You and I both know, you know, you can't help who you meet. And uh, there you go. Everybody listening right now, you listen to Scoop B, Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Scoop, um, let's transition to what you're doing nowadays as far as Zenny Optical. You are doing a new uh, series with them. And it sort of, to, it reminds me in a way of what you did with Heavy Live, where you talk to, you know, these superstars and celebrities that come on your show. You just talk about sports and life and culture as a whole. Um, Zenny is a, you know, Zenny Optical very known eyewear company and um you're doing work with them you have done work with them previously and interviewing uh, any clients especially when it comes to the Bulls specifically with their sponsorship kobe white ryan Arch uh, archinano um and things of that sort talk about how did this show come to come come about and you know what to, what do we what does to look forward to it with this upcoming series so zenny icons is the name of this uh digital uh platform or concept that we created. Uh, we started meeting about it in January, actually, uh, January 8th, uh, literally the morning after I had tweeted about Kyrie Irving's uh, issue with um, the state capitol and him not playing in that game against the 76ers. And um, ultimately, when it was all said and done, I was on the phone with Zenny and we discussed uh, Zenny icons, which, you know, E-Y-E-C-O-N-S. Uh, play on words there, but interviewing iconic people about various things. And, um, you know, the first episode was with Tony Kukoc. We talked about the Bulls, second three-peat, uh, his, his Hall of Fame induction, uh, where he was when, uh, where exactly when he, you know, found out that he was going to be inducted or was voted in and, um, you know, all of that good stuff. So, you know, so it's going to be a, a recurring series that we're doing through Zenny. Uh, I have a brand uh, partnership with Zenny since 2018. You were actually with me when they made the announcement. They had the press conference at the United Center in Chicago, and um, you know it, it's it's a it's a good move. I love uh, working with Zenny, not just wearing their glasses and now being on television more regularly and things of that sort, but also in um, you know creating um, 
content with them. It's, a, it's an endorsement that I've had with them since 2018 and just finding new ways to, to get things moving and grooving. So be looking out for things uh, in that regard. Willing to give us a little bit of a sneak peek, sneak peek of who you got of who you got coming on with you? I don't know. Oh, oh. I honestly don't know. That, that's a first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel you. I feel you. Well, whatever, whoever that that person may be, or these people may be, we know you're gonna do your thing with them as always. Especially with the work that you do, is always top tier, A plus work, and we always tune into what you're doing. So continue to do that, bro. Um, anything coming up as far as volley sports in general? I know you've been, I've been seeing you putting up some videos, um, of different content that you've been, of different NBA shows or content with other NBA experts that you work with. Um, what, what, what do we have to look forward for you coming up? Um, honestly, just interviews, uh, got a lot of stuff that's, that's coming down the pike, just kind of getting you through the off season. So be looking out for that both in basketball and other, other genres as well. So uh, kind of, uh, you know, we got a solid jumper. Now we're working on face-up, back, you know, uh, post-up moves uh, and defensive drills. So we got some things up our sleeve in that regard. Um, but then in addition to that, um, some downtime. That's, that's important. And uh, also I got the uh, Lisa Ann and Scoopy Instagram Live that I do. I have a partnership with uh, Bovada every Thursday at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, with Lisa Ann. So a lot of good things moving and grooving and, and of course, enjoying downtime and family time when I can. I hear you. Do me a personal favor and just say hello to Lisa Ann for me. I, uh -huh. I, I just want I just want to say hello to her. I, I will. I'll tell her. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. <laughs> where can everybody follow you on social media, man? Twitter, Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. And uh, subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. We garner about 5 million streams annually and have had anybody from Mark Cuban to DJ Khaled to Shaq to Charles Barkley, Kitty Smith, um, Gary Payton. Uh, and, and it's not just sports. Um, we, we've got other people. We've had Damon Dash on. We've had... We've had um, We've had uh, too short. We've had a multitude of different people. We started it in 2016 while I was still at CBS Radio, and it started from a Timberland box. Uh, we had old tapes that we never that I had from my childhood. It was a basically a time capsule, and we basically transitioned it where we digitized those tapes, made them into a podcast, and then you know uh, once I left CBS and transitioned it to Respect Magazine back in 2016. Uh, we we basically you know rolled with the podcast with new episodes and um, started to really take off. So uh, glad to uh, for people to kind of catch up with the podcast and everything going on. Lisa Ann, Bally, uh, Zenny, uh, million and one things going on and a lot of things happening uh, in the fall and the fourth quarter of this year that you guys should be paying attention to. I promise. For sure. You know, I'm going to be looking forward to it. And I'm happy and proud of you for all the work that you're doing, man. I'm definitely going to continue to keep up with what you're doing. And you. for sure, for sure, anytime. And anyone, everyone, just as a quick reminder, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh M. Picks Media and follow everything War Media related. We are RegalRadio.com, war, WarMedia.substack.com for all your latest content. We got a lot of great games coming your way. So you can catch us on all podcast platforms. 
Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcast, you name it. We're all over. Anything you can find a podcast in, we're pretty much there. So check out all of our content. You can check this episode there. And school, man, I thank you. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you for taking the time to talk to your boy from the East Coast to the to the to the to the Midwest. We appreciate it. And uh, with things slowly but surely opening up safely, you know, and everything, hopefully we can get you back in the shy and and link up. And I, and I know I got to make my way out east, so that's in the that's in the on the to do list as well. But hopefully one we can get back to those times where we can link up for sure. Yes, sir.